You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 198, Honoring Your Ancestors. Welcome to episode 198 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach Feng Shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. We have a six-month practitioner certification program. We also have lots of different workshops, like an upcoming Chinese New Year program. So to find out about all of these things and all of the offerings we have at the Mindful Design Feng Shui School, be sure to sign up for our mailing list. And our mailing list also receives a weekly newsletter with special free information, tips, and free opportunities and workshops only for newsletter subscribers. Go to mindfuldesignschool.com, scroll to the bottom, and sign up for our mailing list there. Or you can look in the show notes on whatever podcast app you're looking at. So this week we're talking about honoring your ancestors. And before we get started, we want to do a few little plugs some projects we're working on, Laura and myself. So at the Mindful Design School, we are opening our exclusive feng shui membership called the Holistic Spaces Inner Circle. It's opening for enrollment this week, and it's only available to sign up for one week only. Mm -hmm. And we have lots of new content. We have a monthly card reading and a chi review. And we also are starting to do member focused floor plan reviews occasionally. So we just had one where we focused on one of our members, Kim, and looked at her home. And then, you know, if you don't know about our inner circle, we also have two live 30 minute calls. And there's a special monthly chi focused feng shui meditation that you can listen to and then we have this upcoming what we call the new year's reset package and we're welcoming the year the water rabbit in 2023 which is the lunar new year is january 21st of 2023 so we always do an annual workshop called the new year's reset package and so If you are a member of our inner circle, you actually get this special workshop, the New Year's Reset Package for welcoming the water rabbits as part of your subscription. Yeah. So if you go to mindfuldesignschool.com on the homepage, we actually have a link that goes to all of the information for the Holistic Spaces Inner Circle. And it is a great way to interact with Angie and I live twice a month. Plus you get all this bonus content. Like Angie said, you get the water rabbit reset package. You actually get access to a free feng shui basics course. And then we just introduced some new content a couple of months ago where you get, in addition to that, a downloadable monthly card reading and chi review that it's kind of like a little worksheet. So lots of great stuff, lots of great content. It's only open for one week, opening this week. So we would love to meet more of our listeners. And this is sort of a way that Angie and I can connect with you guys. So be sure to go on to our site, get on our newsletter, check your inbox on Thursdays. There'll be notifications there and it's on our website as well. So today we are talking, as Angie mentioned, the the topic for today is honoring your ancestors. 
we timed this because of this time of year that we've passed. Like we just sort of finished a very transitional time, you know, with All Souls and Samhain and Halloween, whatever your, you know, whatever your background is and whatever you follow. It's a time of year and you might have heard, you might have listened to the podcast I did with Rosie Velasquez, where we talked a lot about this time being a thin time. So it is a time where we honor our ancestors because the veil is thinnest, right? And we can connect with them a little bit more closely. And I think we all start thinking about these things this time of year. So we thought we would have a conversation about what it means to honor your ancestors, how we do it, maybe some ideas, you know, if you want to start doing it and doing your own practice. And I would say, you know, ancestors and ancestry can mean many things to many people. It doesn't necessarily need to be blood ancestry. It can be a lineage that you're connected to. It can be spiritual guides or teachers. It can be a way for you to connect with something that provides a foundation for you. And a lot of people use this connection with ancestors for many different reasons. One, you could be get more in touch with your own background, your own heritage. It could be even moving down the line once you start to connect with this line of ancestry, whatever that is for you, using it for divination to help guide you. So there's lots of ways that you can use this connection. And we thought it would be just really a a good topic and something that honestly I have been really doing a lot of work around personally. So it's, it's exciting for me too. So one thing and, and feng shui is actually built on this, right? It's built on honoring your ancestors. Yin feng shui is the sort of the first feng shui official feng shui where, you know, you used principles, feng shui principles to find the best resting places for your loved ones, burial sites, etc. Because if you made sure that your ancestors, your predecessors are happy, comfortable, you know, living in the afterlife, it ensures that you will be more successful. So this is a, it is foundational in, in what we practice as well in feng shui. Angie, when we talk about this, what comes up for you about this ancestry and on connecting with it? Well, I think that's a really great point about feng shui being originally from this idea of how to find the best burial site for your ancestors and honoring your ancestors because um, there's a, a real importance there that the chi of your family now and the auspiciousness and the um, prosperity that you have now is deeply connected to that of your ancestry and your ancestors and how much you acknowledge them and care for them in your present day. And that's original feng shui. And a lot of people don't know that. It was to look at how to house the dead and I'm interested to hear more about what you've been working with, Laura, because I don't I don't really have a lot to say about my own personal ancestry that I'd want to share. Besides that, it's something that I include in my life, especially, but I include it especially in terms of honoring my lineage in terms of 
all my teachers that I've had over the years and they are teachers, teachers in that kind of approach to lineage and ancestry. But I think you probably have more to say about it than me because it sounds like you're you're really diving into it. Well, I think, as I said, there's different definitions of what ancestry is. So, you know, it can be your teachers, your spiritual teachers, your guides and becoming a, a part of a community. And then when you take that community, everything that's come before for that community is now part of what you're doing. So, you know, you can have that, you know, a lineage is part of that. So, you know, I think taking up certain practices that have a long history and have come through many teachers is one way to connect with ancestry. And that idea of something that came before you that allowed you to do these things today, right? That, And I think the important thing to think about when we think about ancestry is that you, you're not alone, right? Like you don't have to come up with all of these things. You don't have to decide that you have to reinvent everything or that all of your knowledge was somehow downloaded from, you know, who knows where, and you just claim it or it's yours. You, the, the strength, I think, of being able to connect with ancestry is to make your practice deeper, whatever that practice is, and to become more self-aware, right? As well. So for me, I mean, my practice is that I've been doing, and it's not really a practice, it's honestly just work that I've been doing around it. So, you know, and not, it's not for everyone. And I've been doing a lot of genealogical studying, which is one way, obviously, that you can connect with your ancestors by writing out, documenting uh, all of the names of those that have come before you that you as far back as you can go. And I'm doing that work, understanding all the names of those people, looking to see what comes up with those names, um, the traditional names in, in, in the background. You know, I grew up Roman Catholic on both sides of my family. My father was, um, you know, had Irish descent and my mother is Italian. I don't know much about my father's side because my grandfather was an orphan. And, and so there's sort of a severing there, but I've really dived deep into the Italian lineage. And so I go back, however, I'm going back, you know, into the 1800s and beyond. And, you know, I've actually learning the language as well. So because there comes to a point where you can no longer, you know, once I'm starting to look in Italy in the early 1800s, it's really hard. You know, nothing's obviously going to be in English, but it's a way for me also to connect with that culture and that ancestry. And it doesn't necessarily even need to be blood relatives that are you know, that I remember or that are so close, I would like to tap into that heritage and that ancestry that goes really deeply because there are a lot of traditions that I practice now that I want to eventually try and, and tie together and use that foundation. So for instance, you know, tarot, reading tarot would be one, dowsing would be another. And using that strength and that foundation of my ancestry to, to support that. So those are some things I do, as well as what we're going to, you know, talk about how you can specifically honor. So one would be going through and, and for me anyway, seeking, figuring out, doing research, writing down things, collecting things and making note of them. Um, also, you know, growing up Roman Catholic, you know, and not practicing Roman Catholic anymore, but but that doesn't matter in our in my culture. It is foundational to everything 
we do or have done in the past, you know, and going back. And so, you know, looking at saints, saints that are connected to you in a name, you know, your name or the names of your, your ancestors, all that kind of work, I find fascinating. And I've just been, you know, I'm working through it now. So that's where I am with my sort of seeking and connecting and honoring of my ancestry. So I guess I have looked at my ancestry in that way a bit because, I mean, there's also been very much a, a division in my background as well because Koreans were westernized and converted to Christianity. So then there was a made a lot of a, a lot of disconnect. And I was looking up the autumn festival in Korea is a time when you do honor your ancestors and that's in October. But most Protestant Koreans don't observe that because it's not something that's encouraged in Christianity. So so those kinds of rituals were slowly starting to be erased by Western society or yeah, were Western religion. But that doesn't mean that it's not becoming more relevant for people. But there's a lot of interesting things to start to look at. Like if you're talking about language, yeah, like written Korean language is pretty fairly new and it's phonetic. But before that, you know, Koreans use the Chinese written language. And there's so much depth to that, too. So but I don't even know how I would how I would start to understand it mm -hmm. besides like starting to look up some characters. But, you know, Chinese, Japanese and Korean culture have a lot of they're very intermingled. But I think that it's it's a good thing for people to look into because, again, like if you're interested in feng shui, this is really important to understand the source of things. And there's many teachings from Buddhism and in feng shui that talk about being curious about where things come from. Because when you start to even look at, let's say, like if you received some paint like, where did that paint come from? Like, what is the origin of the paint? How did the paint develop? Where, how, where did that color come from? These are all very important things to think about. So if you think about you as a person, how did you end up here? Like, what is, one, the DNA that brought you here? What is the environment that brought you here? What are all the causes and conditions that brought each of you to this moment? And that's really what feng shui looks at because we look at our environment as not being separate from us. So part of that practice can be extended to looking at your ancestors and looking not just at your DNA, but also looking at maybe the ancestors, original inhabitants of the land that you're on. And so it's about opening, just opening some doors to to be curious and to explore and to see what brought you to where you are at this moment, right? Mm -hmm. And then honoring them. So one of the things that a lot of people do to honor their own ancestry, which can be your lineage, which can be your DNA ancestors or the teachers that you've had is to create an altar or a shrine to, which is simply a place in your home, because if we're talking about feng shui, a spot in your home that is dedicated to your ancestors or to your lineage, which doesn't, it's not like dedicating a space to the memory, it's dedicating that place to the presence of them mm -hmm. now, right? 
yeah, it's to create a connection to them. It's to honor them. And you can make the altar as small or large as you like, or as elaborate. There are some, you know, temporary ones. If you're kind of working at specific times of the year, if you want to have one that's permanent, you know, there are some people when they create their ancestry altars, they make offerings to them to again, have that connection. And it, it really does, you know, with the foundation of where feng shui is, is to, is to not just to disregard what came before you, but to honor what your ancestors did for you, set you up, right, for success. Or, or you know, there might be some stuff going on that you need to get around and maybe move past. But knowing that there is a foundation there that if you choose to honor it, you can. Now, again, some people may not know where their ancestry is. Some people might not have that blood connection. And the, that's why you can shift your focus and look at who do you connect with as a spirit guide or, or teachers, as Angie said, or, you know, that community that you have, and you can set something up to that, you know, in, again, in, depending on your faith, you know, saints, veneration of saints is, is very popular, especially name saints, or in a lot of what we do in feng shui, bodhisattvas are basically Buddhist saints <laughs> that have decided to stick around and to help guide us on our path. So, you know, you can create an altar that is meaningful for you, that gives you a deep connection to something that either came before you or will help guide you forward. So for me personally, I have one that's fairly basic. It's set up with, you know, pictures of my past, my relatives that have passed in, there are a collection of objects that have, that were given to me by them that are very meaningful to me. Um, you know, I have a teacup that my grandmother gave me. I have a little uh, a vase that I keep flowers in. I have a picture of my grandmother and my grandfather in a glass frame that they brought back from Italy from Murano, Murano glass. And I have in that area, I keep all of my grandmother's handwritten recipes that she did, that she, that she wrote. So, and that I still make to this day. So that's another way I honor is by keeping, I, I will work directly from her recipes and my great aunt and so on and so forth. So, you know, there's different ways to have that connection and that honoring for whatever you want to achieve and you don't have to, it can be really very, very simple. And I think the one thing I would say is that when you create this area to connect with whatever being your blood ancestors, your spirit guides, bodhisattvas, saints, wherever you want to go with it, just to take care of it you know, be mindful, clean it, dust it, you know, it do, you don't need to make regular offerings if you don't choose to, but you know, honor it, take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone wanted to know what area of the Bagua map, if they have no, well, okay. If they have no idea where they would want to put mm -hmm. an ancestor shrine or, or altar or some kind of dedicated spot mm -hmm. what are some areas you might suggest or rooms that you might suggest or bagua areas you might suggest mm -hmm. so depending on your background and, and your cultural background or spiritual background with altars you can have different theories on this but overall you know an altar should be in a place where there's not a lot of i don't know what the word is it's not mundane but things like it shouldn't be in a bathroom it, it can be in your bedroom, but if it can, if you can put it in a common area where it's, you know, it's um, more neutral is better. You can also look at different areas of the Bagua 
the area that is connected with ancestry is the Khan position, which is the water gua Khan. So you can, you can choose to do something very simple there. And it's generally, you know, if you go, if you want to know exactly where that is, you can go to our, our blog page on our, our website, the blog page on our website, you can download an e-kit that will show you. But the, for those of you that know where that is, it is kind of front and center of the home, right? So you might be entering in that area, or it might be at the front of the home somewhere. So you can put something very subtle there. If you choose to do there, maybe just a photo, maybe that's where you decide to put some of your family photos from the past and some flowers, you know, and that's where you you continually sort of change flowers through and as an honor it can be so simple. It doesn't have to be a big ritual or a big ceremony. It can be really simple and graceful and easy, right? You could also, and Angie and I had this discussion about Jun, which is the family gua, because I kind of thought that would be a good place as well, because even though it's about new beginnings, so it's really not about old past things that have happened or foundational things, but it is about growing and being able to prosper and grow and, and sprout up like a, you know, a seed growing. And I just, I guess I think of it is also called the family gua, but it's more about creating a new family. But still, you know, you wouldn't be able to create that new family or grow and 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 succeed without having those that came before you. So that's, you know, one way that's another area you can think about. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to think about it. Like, because like we said, it's not necessarily simply honoring people that are gone. It's the fact that there's completion and new beginnings all happening at the same time. It's a cycle and that they're present with you now and the energy is alive in you now. Just like actually very similar to our last episode, the chi forecast for November, that even though when there's this kind of um, this time of year is about closures and completions and endings and honoring your ancestors because in the autumn things are dying and getting ready to go into death in in the water realm in the, the winter and so there is an acknowledgement that these cycles happen and without one there can't be another so that without any death there can't be any life and it's just like actually when i was on retreat I saw an acorn and I started to be curious about what, what happens with an acorn because I live in New York City and I've always lived in the city so I don't like really think about it that much. And I looked up, I researched like what happens to, what's the life cycle of this acorn? And I read that an oak tree will in the spring start the birth of an acorn that over the summer it, start, it gets more and more nourishment from its mother tree. And then when the acorn finally ripens and it gets so heavy and it's ready to go, then it drops off of the mother tree and then finds its way into the ground. And if it's a lucky one, it may be taken somewhere else and it may be, it may make it through the winter and then burst open in the spring to then create shoots for a possibility of new life, but under the right conditions. So, so many things have to happen for one acorn to make it. And then it made me even remember like with my grandmother in Los Angeles, we would, I would go with her as a little girl and collect, she would collect acorns in her skirt. 
So he's like, you know, she'd sit like squat, like Korean lady style. And we would collect acorns in her skirt and then she would make acorn jelly. But there's this like acknowledgement of the cycle, like that something's always mm -hmm. beginning and, and ending. And that's what Jun position and family is about and what Dway completion is about. So mm -hmm. autumn and spring, those are major transitional times and we're in this one. So we wouldn't be here if there weren't a mother and father to create us. And we wouldn't be here without our ancestors. And Laura and I wouldn't be here together without our teachers and our teachers' mm -hmm. teachers. So it's important to know that you are not separate and you're, you're their descendants and then that you further create more family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice. I like the acorn story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to make acorn jelly? <laughs> no, because actually I read a little bit more and the acorn that I picked up, I mean, I was, it's so funny. I was, I was walking and I was like, I looked down and I was like, is that a little tomato? Like green. Oh my God, you're like, such a New Yorker. It looks like a little like cherry tomato, but like the like an oblong one. And then I, I'm like, oh, there's more. I'm like, well, wait, wait, wait. It's an acorn. It's an acorn. There's a lot of tomatoes. <laughs> and and then so then I read a little bit more and um like because I wasn't sure like what can you do with an acorn and so um the viable acorns I guess you soak them in water and they'll. Mm -hmm. They will sink, but if they float, they're not viable. So I Ooh. happen to get a not viable one, but that's not important because that's that's not the deal. And I only took one, and it was a non-viable one. So, <laughs> so I don't think you. So can you didn't stop an, a great oak tree from growing out there, is what you're saying? No, yeah. well, no, because because I, I was reading like it's very like it's like I think it's just one in yeah. like hundreds or millions probably that make it as a tree. Yeah. But I did learn how to get chestnuts. Yes. Chestnuts. Now that's enough. Chestnuts are now dropping or they were, they've been mm -hmm. dropping for a while. And that's old Italian guys where yeah, you like, them. they love it. Yeah. They go. And if you'll go to the, when I go to the Italian grocery store, you know, I, you can tell when the chestnuts arrive in the season because it's literally surrounded by a whole bunch of old Italian guys that are getting them and then they're going to roast them and they're going to do it. It's like a thing of the season. So yeah, it's okay. uh chestnuts Koreans and also have they like chestnuts. chestnuts? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I grew up with chestnuts. I don't, I don't love chestnuts. I'm not gonna Oh, lie. I like them. Yeah, I don't like them. So we grew up with chestnuts and I had chestnuts yeah. when I was in France. So some people collected them, but yeah. they're like spiky. I didn't know that. Yeah, outside on the outside mm -hmm. and then the inside is the little yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I stomped on a few and collected a few and then other people collected most of them. But yeah, there's a lot to say. Like I actually finished writing my acknowledgments for my new book, Mindful Homes, the day that I did find that acorn that I thought was mm -hmm. a green tomato. So it, it also led me to like write a really thoughtful acknowledgment that I, so yes. if you get my book, you'll, you'll read the acknowledgment mm -hmm. and, and it was inspired by the acorn. Nice. <laughs> the acorn. Well, and because first I noticed the trees, because, you know, even the trees, like the oldest branches of the tree, the grandma and grandpa of the tree are mm -hmm. the like the lowest branches that are like he very heavy and almost touching the ground. Mm -hmm. And they and then you get the youngest, the babies on the top. So in any you can case, learn a lot from trees. Yes, you can learn a lot. They're and the connection, heaven and earth connection. Yeah. Yeah. And when we. Ah, okay. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we could talk all day about acorns and chestnuts and ancestry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
So, so thank you, Laura, for sharing with us all the work that you're doing personally with your ancestry. And we hope that we've inspired you to connect with your ancestors and your lineage and your teachers. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can listen to us every Monday for a new podcast episode. And if you like our podcast, please share it with others. You can subscribe, leave a review. You can always support us by checking out our website at mindfuldesignschool.com. Laura and I teach a six-month feng shui certification program where we train practitioners to offer feng shui consultants to other people. And we also have lots of other offerings. For instance, we have an upcoming Chinese New Year reset program to welcome the year of the water rabbit. We also have a exclusive an exclusive feng shui membership called the Holistic Spaces Inner Circle. And that is open for enrollment this week. We hope you'll join us. And If you would like to know more about Mindful Design School, please visit our website at mindfuldesignschool.com. We have a blog, we have a newsletter. If you sign up for our newsletter, you get some love notes from us each week with special offers that are only for newsletter subscribers. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.